Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. We are in the box. We're in the recording studio. Here we are again. Still in Phoenix. <laughs> we are in Arizona and we're actually in a photography studio yep. with Mr. James Patrick. Da, 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 da. Hey. Oh, I'm so glad to be here <laughs> in my own studio. Yeah. I'm glad you, more so, I'm glad you guys are here in my oh studio. Oh my gosh. I we're, know. So we're so glad that we this. made this happen. So you're just coming off of Mastermind Weekend. Yes. Explain to us what you've been doing the last few days. It has been such a aggressively intense last 72 hours we decided it was September of last year the end of September of last year uh, my wife Kelly and I decided that we needed a next step Um, uh, quick background I've been running a conference called Fitposium which is for health and fitness entrepreneurs I'm coming up on my fifth year of that and we've had we've grown the conference to up to 300 attendees amazing each year. Thank you. Uh, But I wanted there to be a next logical step for Mm -hmm. them to take. And I had gotten involved in masterminds and seen the power of what I could achieve within my own career trajectory with really with connecting with others. And the big thing that I learned was, okay, like you, you go to a mastermind, you see these amazing speakers, but the value was in the network you're able to form because these are individuals that you don't just form friendships with, you form true collaborations with, and you have these life partners with, and I wanted to create something within our own community where we can gather people together, help them, educate them, inspire them, give them permission to take that next step in whatever their journey is. And we just witnessed 12 of our entrepreneurs like together, arm in arm, taking a giant leap. And it was unbelievable. So good. Yeah. They look like congratulations. So Masterminds are, they're a big deal and they're uh, very popular right now for the reasons that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So like for people who are unfamiliar with Fitposium, I know that you had Danny speak, uh, do the keynote last year and I spoke at it two years ago. Yep. It's such a great, I met really amazing people, so supportive, but explain to our listeners what exactly Fitposium is. Like what's the goal of someone who comes to that event? And by the way, live events are no joke. So congratulations on oh, can just we, doing it five years in a row. Just like before you go into that, can we kind of even tell how we know James? Like we've known James Ooh, a long time. We have. <laughs> well, as you were on the way over here and I said to Danny, I said, have you ever shot with James? And she said, yeah, have you? And I was like, yeah. So we were like, we need to f- find the photos. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because this has been the theme of this, like the last three, four days, which is so many different storylines within my life all intersecting. Yeah. And like we, we had it, we're like two of my presenters at the Mastermind this weekend were individuals I went to high school with. Oh my goodness. Who, both of which I just reconnected with recently yep. and are both running ridiculously successful businesses. It's like, yeah, one of them I, I grew up with. He lived five doors down from me when I was in elementary school. We played t-ball together. Yeah. And now he's running a, a massively successful hat company. And it's just, it's cool to like, to yeah. see how everything at some point just converges at the right moment. It's so crazy. So I was introduced to James in 2010. Um, Same. Through LaRue uh, Novick, who was the editor in chief at Max Sports and Fitness magazine. Mm-hmm. And James was shooting 
like layouts for them, covers for them. And so James and I met at, down here in Arizona. We drove down, my husband and I drove down and- Where did you drive out from? From Vegas at the That's time. That's what it was. Okay. Yep. We drove up from Vegas, and so we shot a cover. And then I just found out the other night that that was your third cover for that magazine. Yeah. First was Tiffany Backus. Second was Casey Ray. And you were my third. Yeah. And I remember being nervous going into these shoots because I was, at that time, I was fairly new to shooting covers. Uh Max Sports and Fitness Magazine was one of the first magazines that really allowed me to step up to the plate and define my style as a fitness photographer. And you were my third cover. So like, I I felt like you knew everything. So so when did you actually start doing photography professionally or like? Photography was not a plan for me. Okay. And in fact, I avoided it for years because who could be a professional photographer? Right. right? Well, I want to talk about that too, just how you've evolved your business and how people could do that. Yeah. I got into photography initially in college because I was working as a journalist. I was a reporter. Mm, oh, cool. And some might argue I was not a good reporter in the sense of <laughs> I, I love to write and I love to create story. I was the worst person to send out to an event who had to pull quotes from two different people, you know, just holding out, you know, my little recorder, trying to get the quotes and then running back to the office to type up my 800 word article and then turn it in before the deadline and then go home. I wasn't happy doing that. And one day I'm working late in the newspaper office and they send me out to cover this assignment. And the editor says, oh, by the way, all of our photographers are already out on assignment. Can you just take a staff camera and take some photos? I'm like, Sure, whatever. Can't be that and he hands me this camera, and I just start to walk out there. He's like, "Do you know how to use it?" Like, no clue. <laughs> I'm glad you, you just asked. point and shoot, right? <laughs> Funny you asked. I figured out this one no. button. The yeah. Okay. No. And so, it, it, and that's what he the made me do. He on. made me turn it on and yeah. just yeah. But I actually really liked it, and that was that was a precursor of like, okay, well, what if I tried to navigate into this and I just had all these weird experiences come up where I was pushed back into photography. I started working for a different newspaper. The publisher of that newspaper who was a professor at, at a college I was going to just saw something within whatever photos I was creating, which were not good. Right. I will say like looking back, <laughs> they were not good for, for what I was doing, but he saw something within my work and said, uh, I don't want you as a staff writer. Maybe he didn't like my writing, but he said, I don't want you as a staff writer. Uh, you're going to be a staff photographer for our newspaper. I right. said, fine. A few issues later, he says, there's now an opening. You're now the photo editor. So you're going to manage the photo department. Here are the photographers you're going to be working with. You're yeah. going to be deciding what photos go on what pages. So I had to learn the idea of photography both by taking photos as a photographer, but also by being the photo editor, mm-hmm. working with photographers and really, really collating through photos to determine what we're going to use and why we're going to use it. So interesting. So it wasn't like a start off. This is where I was going to go. Mm-mm. Yeah. I was actually telling Jill on the way over here too, because um, we're shooting with James on, on Tuesday after this. And I was, we, you know, we've been struggling with trying to get ready. And we, I was telling you the other night at dinner, we were stressing out about, you know, getting lean and whatever. And I was like, you know what though? I'm not that worried because... James has gotten really good. And I thought you were good back then, but over time, and I just going to make us look, I've seen, yeah, I've seen, like I saw Jill's old stuff and I was like, wow, you know what? It was all good back then, but your stuff now is excellent. And like, you've, you've just practiced and you've done a lot of different things. And I've seen in your Instagram saying like how you're playing with light and not having light. And like, you've come a long way. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I've, I had this assistant years ago and I had fallen into a, a area of being very comfortable with my work. Uh-huh. And my assistant said to me, and I'll never forget this. He said, 
James, your work, it's, it's been really safe lately. Mm. And that, that blew my mind. Ooh. That like shook me to my core. I said, oh my God, I, I, can't, pl- I can't be safe in this. And I, and yeah. I realized that when I looked at, because I, I had routine, style. routine clients yep. mm-hmm. and I was shooting the same projects m- yep. month after month after month. I'm like, oh my God, all I'm doing is creating work for my clients. I'm doing nothing for myself. Mm. I'm doing nothing to, to advance my book, to advance mm. my portfolio, mm-hmm. to yep. advance my style. And as an artist, there's a time limit on how long really a style is going to live for. Sure. And at some point, you need to adapt. You need to change because guess what? The photography industry, well, every industry yeah. changes constantly. So true. And when I talk to photographers that complain about, well, the industry isn't what it used to be and yeah. you know, clients aren't paying what they used to and there's all these new photographers and all this new, you know they just keep complaining about how things are changing i think things are always changing it's just a matter of whether you're choosing to change with it yep or whether you at some point stand still yep and early in my career i was standing still and my work got safe yeah so at that point it's like you know what Mm-mm. let's try things let's let's diversify let's change my portfolio and so i i can tell you like when i went because I go to New York every few years to shop around my portfolio, meet with different photo editors, and basically just like literally run around Manhattan trying to get meetings. When I went, I want to say it was six years ago, I went with a safe portfolio. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I had some decent success, but success more so based off relationships and the fact sure. that I was hustling. When I went again with a new portfolio, this was, I want to say this was two years ago, it was a completely different game. And I was getting into buildings that those doors were closed to me mm, before. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned that you have to evolve because I think we see the same thing in our space. In the health and fitness space, Danny and I have been doing online business now for like 10 years and you do have to continue to adapt. And I think it's so easy. You've been in the industry for such a long time. You've seen all the different facets to be like, well, and hang on to the thing that worked at one point. And we just noticed like that's not, you have to be able to evolve. Yep. You have to be able to change mm-hmm. and stay relevant in those ways. So I love what you're doing doing with the mastermind and I love what you're doing fit podium because I think a lot of photographers will just go well this is my box I stay in this and this I just shoot and that's all I do so if someone's listening and they're they maybe are doing photography or something like that what are some ways in which they can branch out and find other revenue streams maybe or get into coaching or like maybe just break down your business model for us this topic came up uh as in a conversation I was having last night because I, I, I'm fascinated by individuals who what they're doing is good, but they will not settle for just good. Mm-hmm. And you two are great examples of that. Like each of you in your career trajectories, you could, you could have stayed where you were. Like Jill, you and I met, was it? 2010, same year at FMI. Oh my gosh, 2010. That scares me how long ago <laughs> that was. You could have stayed in that box. And throwback mm-hmm. FMI. Then I went back and spoke two years later, yeah. but I was a participant like at FMI in t- yeah. 2010. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's when you and I met yeah. and I photographed you. Yeah. Uh, you could have stayed where you were oh, yeah. in that in that moment in time. And you could still be working to make that business work. Sure. But you felt you had a calling for something else that yeah. that you saw there was there was a greater thing here and you don't know what that greater thing is yet mm-hmm. and you might not ever know what it is but you want to start working towards something and and Danny like you and I were talking a couple nights ago about yeah. how where you were with the company you formed yep. and then when that shifted how you shifted and then how you essentially rebranded what our perception is of you yeah. through that. So for me, like I, like I said, photography was never an intention. I assumed I assumed I would be a writer. Yep. I assumed I would be a journalist, or maybe I would 
write books. I, I didn't really know, but that was like when I looked at my future, like, okay, well, I'll graduate college and I guess I'll become a beat reporter. And after that, a section editor and maybe an editor in chief. And that's pretty much my life. Not, and that, that didn't really excite me. Yeah. And then I got into marketing total sidestep. And as I was working mm-hmm. in marketing, I was building up a photography business. It was mm-hmm. just something I couldn't not do. Right. It got to a point where uh, if I accrued eight hours of vacation time, I took a day and I worked on my photo business. If mm-hmm. I accrued eight hours of sick time, I took a day and I worked on my photo business. Every night I worked on my photo business. Every weekend I worked on my photo business. And it got to a point I was just working two full-time jobs. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, this isn't like could I make this leap? Could I make this jump? Yep. And, and I just had to ask myself, well, what's the worst that could happen? Right. And the worst that happens is it doesn't work. Right. And you go back and get a job. Again. I go back and get a job. <laughs> yep. I was being headhunted by other marketing sure. companies to work for them. So I'm like, yep. well, I have some potential in that. That's not going to go away, I yep. don't think. So let's try it. And in that first year, doubled my income yep. as, yep. As, a, as a freelance photographer, solopreneur. And it wasn't just gross income. I doubled my net. I yes. took yep. home more money. Yep. Yep. That was like, oh my gosh, this is this is actually working. And after being a photographer for a couple of years, now all of a sudden I look at, you know, something something's still kind of itching beneath the surface that I feel needs to get out. So I started, I was like, you know, uh, I, need to, I, I need to share something. I need to communicate. So I started blogging. And, you know, I started, I've, been, I've been blogging for 12 years, yeah. 13 years, mm-hmm. I don't know how yeah. long. And I was like, okay, that's really interesting. Were you blogging on what? Like, you, was it your marketing background? Yes. And like, because I do think that we all have to, we kind of have to be a jack of all trades a little bit. Like you're, okay, photography, but then like even models have to like know how to market a little bit yep. and like have a network and things like that. So it sounds like maybe it was a collection was of those. I was so lucky I ended up with that job in marketing because so much of that, Mm -hmm. that experience, that lesson, I pulled directly into my work as a photographer. How do you work with clients? How do you pursue work? How do you, how do you not get more work, but how do you get better Mm, work? How do you manage when, when you're overloaded on work? How do you, what is the best way to build the right relationship? How do you show a client that they are the number one in your book? That was stuff I took from my marketing mm, job nice. because I had amazing mentors there. So, you know, it's, it's interesting because everything kind of built upon, well, I don't know where this is going to go, but this seems interesting right now. So I'm going to try. It's like blogging was yep. one. Yep. Podcasting was another thing. Yep. This seems interesting. Let's see where it goes. Yep. So you would ask like what the advice would be. The advice would be, one, be curious. Because curiosity, that means your head is on a swivel. That means you're noticing things. Curious people notice things because they ask a lot of questions. What would happen if? Why hasn't anyone tried this? What if we attempted this, right? And then try things without an expectation of where it might go. I had no idea where my first podcast would go. And I ended up shutting it down. Like yeah. it wasn't wor- after I, I was saying off air, like we recorded like 85 episodes, but over the course of four years, or <laughs> yeah. five years, yeah. like we were not consistent at all. <laughs> right. But I was like, I figured something out with doing that. I'm yeah. like, okay, this could work, but now let me rebrand it. Let me shift it. Cause now I know how it works, yep. but I would never have known how it worked unless mm-hmm. I did it. Yep. Unless I put it out there, unless I got feedback. Yep on what worked, what didn't, what could be improved. So same with photography. I mean, how many times do you guys interview people? Or not, not just interview. How many times do you talk to people? Because I know you both coach entrepreneurs who they have an idea. Yeah. I have an idea to do this. Well, when I hear I have an idea, it's like chloroform for me. I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed with people having ideas. Sure. But when someone says, I am doing this, yeah. mm-hmm. now, now my attention is queued up. Yep. 
And so the biggest advice is don't sit on it. Yeah. When I turned in my notice at my photography job, I remember it was the, it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and I was terrified to turn in my notice. And the whole time I'm, cause I'm meeting with my boss to do my annual review. The whole time I'm like, I'm going to chicken out. <laughs> I'm going to totally chicken out. I'm not going to do this. And then I'm going to beat myself up yep. over the holidays yep. about how I was such a loser because I couldn't turn in my notice. <laughs> and so I sat down and we're going through my annual review. And the whole time I'm like not even focusing no, on what he's right? saying. I can't focus because no, yeah. all I'm thinking is, oh my God, I'm going to quit. Oh, no, I'm not going to quit. No, no, I'm <laughs> oh, not going to quit. I'm no, going to quit. quit. And it was this, in, this insane battle I was having in my head. And then something so beautiful happened. Uh, he said, at the end of it, he's supposed to read me the comments and reviews I had from the other office management. And he said, yeah, the comments from the other office leaders are really good, uh, you know, all things considered. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and he's like, well, there were two that were not, not the most glowing, but, you know, it's not a big deal. They're, and he's, he's downplaying it. Mm-hmm. He says, it's not a big deal. They were having bad days. I'm like, well, what were they? And he said, seriously, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. I'm like, no, I want to know what they were. And he can't tell me the names, but I knew who who it was. And the first one was, you know, James has gotten very aggressive and defensive. And I was like, yeah, I have. Mm -hmm. I've totally, like, Mm -hmm. I'm unhappy. Mm -hmm. So, of course, right? And then the second one, and this one was beautiful. (laughs) It was, quote, I've lost all faith in James's ability to be a marketer. Whoa. And... I sat back in my chair and just let that wash over me. And I said, I turned in my notice. And that was exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And my boss, and I, and I love him so much for this, he also sat back. He let out a sigh and he said, I'm surprised it took you that long. Oh, oh damn. Right? So that's, what, that's the point is yeah. we hold on to stuff for so long yeah. because we want to make it perfect. We want it to be the best. Uh, this needs to be the best podcast ever. So I'm not going to release it yep. for three years <laughs> right, as, right. I, as I tool with this. Yep. Or I have the greatest idea for a book and I've written the first four chapters, but I need to rework these four chapters before I get into the fifth chapter, yeah. right? Yep. Get it out there because yep. without it being out there, you never have feedback. If yep. I never left my job, I would not have the photography business. If I never launched the pod, that first podcast, which was terrible, which sucked, yep. I would never have the podcast I have now. Like yep. everything you do, may, the first time I launched Fitposium, it did not work. Yeah. We had... When so I, let's talk about Fitposium too, because that yeah. was like the first question and I interrupted. So how did that, how'd you even get to Fitposium as a photographer deciding to do a live Talk event? Talk about Rhodes Blending. Yeah. I had a background in marketing, a background in journalism, a background in storytelling. I'm photographing people all the time for magazine spreads, for all these features, but I'm having clients who have one, no idea how to earn the features, mm-hmm. two, no idea what to do once they get the features. Mm-hmm. I had one client, I photographed her. She's like, I want to be published in magazines. I said, well, let's give it a try. She had the right look. She had the right brand, the right story. I'm like, and we did a couple photo shoots together. She ended up on a, a local cover, a national cover cover an international cover half a dozen interior features in two years she was out of business yeah had no idea what to do with it yeah she had all this attention didn't capitalize on it no work and it was like light bulb okay and it was just like obviously she's not reading the blog I've had for a few years (laughs) or listening to whatever podcast (laughs) I was doing but I'm like the thing that's missing is a community of people connecting together to help each other along the way, to share best practices, to understand fundamentally how do you establish a brand, how do you market a brand, and how do you profit from a brand within the health and fitness space? 
I have a question about that because Danny and I obviously did a lot of like competing and more like fitness modeling stuff early in our career. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't interested in business at that point. I was literally like, I remember going to FMI and leaving early. I skipped all the business sessions because I was like, I'm just here to get the photography. I just had been dieting for three months. I'm here to get the photos and I'm out. Like, and of course that changed obviously, Uh but like, is that something that you feel like you see a lot of these kind of models is kind of ego based and then they just don't really have the desire or they're just going to grind it out of the gym as a personal trainer and they don't see all the potential i saw it more when we thought we could convert them mm, and that it. was that was a big error on our part because we're like it let's save them let's show them the life right like you no. want to build your business and mm-hmm. they were like i'm just here for the photos Bingo. i just want to have a six-pack well, i, I think, just want to grind it out i think what happens is maybe i don't know if you thought this but i think that a lot of the girls thought well once you get a cover then all the opportunities yes. come to you so like you just or so and so needs to there. notice me this photographer will see me on stage and yeah you shoot me and get me in the magazine and yeah and then suddenly all the opportunities and money just starts well, showering over you let me ask you <laughs> so money? i photographed you for yep. the cover of max sports and fitness magazine yep. what was your paycheck for that. Zero. I, I actually Negative. paid to I go paid, there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I paid to come and get shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's a funny thing because you could take a cover like that, you could market it, and yep. you can use it. You can use it as yes. your clout, your branding. Yes. Like, you can use that to build something, yes. to build trust, to build rapport, to build like visibility for yourself. Yep. But you're not going to, like, you make it. It, A to B, you're not going to make money off right, of this. Right, right. Yeah, A to B, no. And, you know, one of the things that I remembered watching was over time, and it was just more of observation, was I'd see that people would get, you get one month. It's like next yep. next month is a new girl. Mm-hmm. So you got that one month. And I remember thinking, I need to have something in place. So when I have that, I'm going to use it to, like, I was signing magazines and mailing them to people. So and smart. I had... um. I had some uh, online marketing or sorry, online training and I had a business, but I knew that I needed, I only had that one month to like capitalize on it. And so I just, I knew at that time and I had a business, but I remember thinking it's not going to just happen. It's the people aren't going to come to you. The opportunities are just going to come showering because you're suddenly on the cover of a magazine. The the only way you figure that out is by doing the the one thing and realizing it doesn't happen. So when you realize that you're going to make one or two decisions, Mm -hmm. one decision is, is you're just out. You know, and that's just an attrition in the industry. Yep. I'm over it. I'm done. Yep. That's okay. I'm going to focus on something else. Sure. And, and maybe whatever you choose to focus on is your true calling or is, and that's what you hope, right? Yep. Or maybe it's like what you did, Jill, where you're like, at some point you're like, this isn't serving me. I need to find what is serving me. And you, you pivot within this industry mm-hmm. yep. and then you find what it is. Yep. I look at like, let's say I have someone come up to me and they say, I get emails a couple times a week to say, you know, I want to, I want to be published within the industry. That's a big question I get asked a lot. Or, you know, sometimes it would be just such a vague question: How do I become successful in fitness? Yeah, okay. <laughs> like uh, what part let's of break fitness? that down? Well, let's see. And and my response is typically the same. It's okay. Go to my website. Yeah. I have a dozen years of blogs, so you know, a couple thousand. Uh, read those. <laughs> uh, get my two books. And then attend my conference. Yep. And then let me know if you have any more questions. Yeah. Right. Now I, I've sent time. I've sent that email out. I don't know, a thousand times. times. I've never yeah. heard a response back. Now what my hope is is if that they read that blog or they they listen to all those podcasts or they attended the conference or whatever it was, they don't need to ask me a question mm-hmm. anymore. That's the hope. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yep. they figured it out. Whatever it is. Yep. So Fitposium, you said. 
you decided to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to know where that idea came from. And then you said the first time it failed. So oh. what did the failure look like? And then how did you just decide, like, I'm going to keep doing this anyway? Okay. Failure was a face plant for us. So what Ooh. failure looked like was I originally, I came up with the idea of Fitposium and I tried to tie it to another event. And, I, and the other event was a fitness competition. Mm. And I was like, okay, we have all these people who are going to do a fitness competition. Let's piggyback on that mm-hmm. because we have their attention, we have their focus, and let's get them to take one step to do this yeah. this conference to teach them, okay, succeed on stage, now let's succeed off stage. I had two signups. Wow. That was it. You know what's funny? It's like I would have thought that was a brilliant idea that it would work. It did not. Yeah, work. why didn't it work? Poor marketing. Okay. Is what I was, was. going to say, was it a marketing issue or yeah. was it just it, these it's people straight, was not the right audience? Straight marketing issue. Mm-hmm. Got mm-hmm. it. So- what I did was that it was supposed to be in June of 2015. We had two signups. And the week before I said, we have to cancel this event uh-huh. because I'm bringing out, it was, it was a one day event and I had all these speakers confirmed. And I said, I cannot waste these speakers time because yeah. my name's attached to yeah. this. And these are people who are doing this as service and as a favor to me. I cannot waste their time out of respect for their relationship. So I canceled the event with the two people that registered we refunded them immediately. And then I set up one-on-one consultations with them where I drove to them and yeah. spent two hours with each of That's them cool. to help them answer their questions, help them set a marketing plan, help them set a branding plan because I felt I was mortified. That's amazing. I love that as a pivot though because we work with a lot of entrepreneurs who are like, well, I'm scared to, to promise something because what if it doesn't work out? And you're just going, try it. If it doesn't, there's always somewhere to go, yes. right? Okay, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to like just mm-hmm. on the fly. And I think you have to do a lot of that in this business. Of course. It's, yeah. It is totally like... you. Without question, you are going to fail at something, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's fine. I get nervous when I don't fail enough <laughs> because it be, what that says to me is I'm not trying things. I'm not taking enough risks. Yep. Like if something, if everything always works, I'm playing too safe. Like mm-hmm. my photo portfolio, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Taking photos that might not work. Yeah. Okay. So after it didn't work, and after I had those meetings, I I turned to my production manager and I said, okay we are just going to do it ourselves. We're not going to try to team up with anyone. It's going to be us within our team. We're going to host an event and we're going to do it in October. Mm-hmm. So what was that June, July, August, four oh, months. Dang. We had four months to throw it together. And we went to all the speakers who said, we're shifting it. This will work mm-hmm. because we are the only ones doing this now. This is under our control. Yeah. We're going to push this forward. And we sold, we, we had a capacity of 50. We sold 55. Nice. And it, it, it was like, yes, this worked. Yeah. And, it, and, and it was like, okay, let's do it again. Let's yeah. do it next year. Let's mm-hmm. make this an annual thing. It was not yeah. intended to be an annual thing, sure. but let's try to make this an annual thing. Yeah. We tripled it to 150 the nice. second year. Uh, the third year, we were over 200. And last year, we were just shy of 300. And yeah. this year, going into our fifth year, the goal is four to 500. Awesome. So it's scaled every year yep. because we feel like we've honed in on our mission and our audience yep. Yep. every year. And Jill spoke at it last year, and mm. then I spoke at it this year, and it's such a great, like, it's put together so well. There's Thank so many so amazing, much. I mean, the girls there, at, well, girls and guys, um, all of the participants, I know they got so much out of it. Like, everybody was just left on fire. So it's such a cool event. You know what's interesting is we've noticed such a shift in how we can advertise the event where it used to be to get people there we had to promote all the because we partner with magazine editors Mm -hmm. that's one thing Mm -hmm. we do Mm -hmm. as as pr is so important in so many of our businesses Mm -hmm. and so many of our brands so we partner with magazines like last year we brought strong fitness magazine oxygen magazine was there um fitness magazine was there golf magazine was there like even like like 
like lateral steps like sure. golf magazine mm-hmm. like people were starting to make connections with the editor of golf magazine like hey can we do a fitness routine for golf magazine sure. golfers need yeah. to get in shape too absolutely let's make this happen we brought out podcasters yep. danny you were there as a podcaster yep. like to meet with people yep because guess what media doesn't mean just getting into a magazine anymore Mm-mm. like there are so many opportunities to get your brand out there so we used to think that was that was our golden ticket. And what we learned is that's not the golden ticket anymore. The golden ticket is here are the exact deliverables you're going to walk away with. And that was when we opened our eyes and said, our audience matured. Mm. Our audience has shifted. It's no longer the people who who want the sugar to make the medicine go down. <laughs> it's the people who want the medicine. Yeah, They want the advice, that permission slip, mm-hmm. that encouragement, that mm-hmm. secret recipe, that, that missing piece to their marketing game plan that's going to accelerate their trajectory. So good. Gosh, I love that. You know, and I've seen a huge, and I think social media has, and I want to talk a little bit more social media because I think we think about photography, like how has Instagram changed your business? Because I think everyone thinks they're a photographer now. So like, how are you staying, like you have to pivot obviously, but what have you seen? What are maybe some cautionary tales from your industry that you've seen or like mistakes that you see people making? You know, I I keep going back to like when I talk to photographers who complain about how things have shifted because they don't like where the industry is, they don't like that everyone's a can photographer. Can edit, everyone now. can, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like everything, you know, it has never been easier to learn the technique of photography. But on that same vein, I'm kind of like I came in at the early phases of being able to self educate in photography, mm-hmm. being able to learn, watch YouTube videos figure things out. I took one photo class in college. That mm-hmm. was it. And I yeah. could, maybe got a C minus at it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was not a, a naturally, what I would say creative artist, mm-hmm. but I figured out a way to work hard and hustle with it. And so when I look at like photographers who are struggling within their career, I really don't think it's a talent issue. Mm-hmm. Like you can right. learn the technique of photography and w- at a certain level, then it becomes like when I, when you think about the top echelon of photography, I mean, the photographers are shooting 50 to a hundred thousand dollar ad campaigns. Then it's all about your differentiation, like yes. really, really, really mm-hmm. granular. Right. But everyone else is kind of in the same, same bucket of there's lots of photographers out there, but guess what? There have never been more people needing photos. So mm. true. Never mm-hmm. before. Love that. So it's about understanding where you're at in the marketplace and where your ideal target client is. I'm not going, and I'll tell people this. They're like, you know, I need a photo shoot. I'm like, well, what do you need a photo shoot for? Well, I need lots of Instagram content. Right. And the answer is I'm not your photographer. Mm-hmm. Right. I will charge you too. You won't, you won't, even, you won't even hire me because right. I'm going to charge too much. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Just for regular everyday content. Correct. Yep. And I'll say there are so many photographers out there who can make that happen for you. Yep. Right. Yep. And like, I'm not the photographer who's going to run around town and gorilla shoot with you. It's right. just not what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to be so like retentive about, I need a permit for everywhere I shoot. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I can tell you if I set up a light anywhere, I'm going to have a ranger or a cop. You yep. know, do you have a permit? Yeah, right. Yes, I do. Here it is. Um, I'm not lucky enough to get away with it. <laughs> and so I, I, I think, you know, and I kind of, I'm, I'm spinning off a little bit here, but I think the biggest thing is like understanding like, yeah, the industry is going to change. It's going to shift. And where do you want to be within it? Mm-hmm. You can look at it and say, oh my gosh, everyone's a photographer. Well, that's a very limiting mindset. I right. look at it and say, 
there are so many people who need photos. Who need photos. Yeah, I love and that. And it's me finding the people who are on my level who want to hire my work. And I break it out. Like I have three different markets when I when I sell my photography services. I have individuals. So yep. let's say one of you were to come to me and, and you need photos. Well, I'm not your Instagram photographer, but you need press photos. You need marketing photos. You need the photos that you're going to brand yourself with that are going to be on the front page of your website, or they're the photos that you're going to fire off to every major media outlet. Yep. I'm your photographer for that. Yep. And I will market to that. Second is I go directly to magazines myself. Yep. And a lot of my work is for editorial publications. I shoot on average 30 to 50 covers every year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's not just within health and fitness. I shoot for sports magazines. I shoot for fashion magazines, lifestyle magazines. I, I even had uh, like every now and then I'll do like an architecture. Like I had yeah. an architecture mm-hmm. cover last year, which, you know, that was like, very oh, that's, cool. that's different. Yeah, right? yeah, very cool. That's that's something unique. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, I actually just got asked to uh, bid on a project where I have to go out to Long Island and photograph a hockey team's training facility brand new hockey team's training facility. And it's like, that's, that is one of the ones I'm so excited about. It's so different. (laughs) different. different, And then I have commercial projects like like that one and commercial projects. That's guess what? That's where I make my money. And it's shooting the ad campaign, shooting those, those marketing campaigns, those, those commercial projects. So I'm going to be very aggressive. So when I look at photographers and they're saying, well, I'm not talented enough to, to get that campaign. I look at, well, figure it out. You don't know how to shoot something. Guess what? The answer's on YouTube. It's in a book. It's at a conference. The answer is out there. And at scale, information's free. Like you can figure this out. So even if you don't think you're the most creative, like I don't think I'm the most creative, but I'm going to find another end around to get the work I want to get. I'm going to build the best relationships. I've had magazine clients work with me for over 10 years. Yeah, incredible. I have an art director. He told me something. It It was a warning, but also a compliment. He said, I've never worked with a photographer as long as I've worked with you. And it, it was a compliment because, yeah. hey, congratulations. I've never worked with a photographer as long as you. Yeah. It's also a warning. It's like, I changed my mind. So stay fresh, stay relevant, sure. keep mm-hmm. that relationship mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to work hard on relationships. That's why I get work. Yeah. I'm going to work hard on hustling more than other photographers. Yep. That's why I get work. There's always a way to build what you want to build. Yeah. All these lessons you're saying are so relevant for any Everything. entrepreneur. It's yeah. like, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. And like you said too, styles change. It's funny because I was remembering back in 2010 where like the black and white photos with like a pop of color, like just a blue something <laughs> was like yeah. popular. Yeah. And uh-huh. even when Instagram came out and the filters and everybody who's using the filters and looking back at my old Instagram photos. I'm like, they're you just, can't even see what that photo so is. They're so terrible with they those filters. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking, oh, these look so cool because they're not the normal pictures. So <laughs> things change. And in our industry, they've changed. Social media has changed. And I love that you've you've switched your perception and it's like people need more photos now more than ever because we have to look at, okay, it's changed instead of hanging on to the past, instead of being like an old curmudgeon, you know, like, oh, it's not like back in the old days. Yeah, these young guns are coming out. I think <laughs> it's really easy to, to look at the new people. Like we do it all the time. Like it's easy to just go, these people are 21, 22 years old and they're coming into our space and they're like business experts. And you have that trigger of like, oh, they, you know, it's like they're new there and you kind of wish that you were kind of new, but then you go, I've been in it 10 years. There's something about tenacity. There's yeah something about being able to pivot and there's something about staying fresh and to me that's kind of a puzzle to figure out and it's exciting if you choose to see it that way yeah I remember sitting in a I used to be on a board of photographers a professional association of photographers and I was sitting on a local board and you know 
it just turned into this bitch session of of Ugh. what we were just yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was depressing me every time. Yeah. Like, sure. Oh God, I'm just gonna sit around and do this all over again. But part of me was like, all right, I'm also the youngest person in here. Mm-hmm. So I, I know you're talking to me, but are you also talking at me? Right. Yeah. And that was a weird a weird place to be in. But I remember there was a discussion of opening up a new type of membership within the association for individuals who are photographers who may not be like full-time professional photographers because in order to get into the association beforehand you had to have approval from two other members you had to have a portfolio review it was this this kind of like overdone process that was that was really just more to you know stroke our own ego than anything else but they're like well let's open up this new frame of membership because we need more members and and i remember one of the guys on the board saying yes and we can teach all these younger photographers how to charge more money so they stop underbidding us and i was like i'm out I'm so out Mm -hmm. because that sounds like collusion to me. And that doesn't sound like it's helping them. It sounds like it's more, you just want them to charge more. So you're not going to lose work anymore. Mm -hmm. And that sucks. And I I dropped off the board. That was it for me. Yeah. Well, we just did an episode on success hacks kind of thing. And I even mentioned this at your dinner the other night is one of the, one of my pieces of advice for entrepreneurs is be like water. And I said this the other night, like Mm -hmm. if you hit a barrier, then you go around, you go over, you go around and you are such a perfect example of that. I love what you did with the first fit pose. I'm like, okay, refunded, canceled, and we're going to do it again in a few months. And we're like, we like readjusted, figured it out. Um, just with how you started in photography and then you started like everything you've done. It's just like, okay, hit a wall. Now I'm going this way. And now you have like multiple things going on. You have your mastermind, you have Fitposium, then you have all your work day to day and you have a podcast and you just wrote a book and I know you're speaking more too. So where is like your favorite thing right now? Like what's your favorite thing to be doing? So it's, it's funny because before you guys showed up here, I was talking to my wife about, and this has been an ongoing conversation about like needing a hobby right now because (laughs) I, and it's it's a problem I have, which is I will find something I absolutely love, and then I try to monetize it at some point. <laughs> right. And it, it makes it, like, it, I, I remove what was sacred about sure. it. Sure. And so I'm trying to find something right now that I find sacred. Like, I, I last year it was boxing. I got into boxing. Yep. And then immediately I was like, what if... <laughs> There's that curious mindset. What if I started doing exhibitions and sparring? And I was like, no. And it was it's kind of like, I'm not built for that. I'm going to start doing some tutorials on snowboarding. I oh, think. there we go. I just started two months ago. I Did think you? I can probably teach someone. Yeah. I'm not, I'm like barely beginner, but yeah. It's Gosh, a blast. There we I go. Need, I was I trying need to figure something. out how to monetize my egg yolk porn. I was going to do um, <laughs> like a tutorial on how to boomerang the perfect yolk. I, I, I like the ones that you do miss. That. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Joe's brother, he can't stand if I ever get it right. He like gives me thumbs down. He's like, boo, I like it when you fail only. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you get funny when you fail. Is, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like yeah. on the comments, you're yeah. like, oh, I was like so close on this one. Or, or oh, that I thought I was filming it, but I didn't film it. Like, I yeah. like those. Yeah. So what's, what's so fun what's for the you new, right Yeah. Now? What's the new so no uh, boxing? Hobby. So right now, uh, there's a couple things that I'm doing that I'm trying to keep sacred. Uh, mm-hmm. One is that I'm, I'm trying to read more fiction books. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm such, I'm a voracious reader and I read business books yep. and I nerd out on business books. Like every time Seth Godin or Daniel Pink or Guy mm-hmm. Kawasaki mm-hmm. or, you know, Pam Slim pumps out something new. I'm like, I, I pre-order it and I have it mm-hmm. the first day and I will read it within the first day. Well, 
guess what? That that directly ties into my monetization. So yeah. I've been picking up actually fiction books, like like and actually classics. Like I I have a bunch of Ian Fleming, James Bond books, which you know you read so quick and they're they're really dorky. But yeah. and I'm starting to feel like a super nerd right now. But, <laughs> like I got like you know I, I've been I've been churning through 1984. Uh, mm-hmm. I got the original Bram Stoker's Dracula. Like just these classic books that that I was able to find at a used bookstore. So I mean that's one thing that I'm kind of doing, and then. Uh, I've also gotten into a new form of training and really trying to shift my health and my fitness. Mm -hmm. And it's been like, it's been a bit of a gamification to see how my body's been changing over the last, it's been three months Mm -hmm. or so that I've gotten really serious about it. So like changing my diet, changing my workouts, and then every, every few weeks, like shifting it and then seeing how my body changes. Okay. Speaking of that, Jill, I don't know if you knew this, but James did a physique competition Oh my God. Yeah, I did. When? Last year? Was it 2012? It was 2012. Yeah. So right after I met him and then I like heard he was competing and I was like, my, my photographer is doing a show. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember that. And you were in your board short because it was, it wasn't, what was it? Was, was it physique? It physique? Because it was like the guys oh, yeah. could wear a board nice. shorts. So you weren't it, wearing like yeah, the Speedos. Yeah, men's physique had just started. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And... I, Why did you do that? Was it to like relate to your clients or do you or just, just want a to personal see? challenge or a little bit of both? Yeah, a little bit of both. Cause I was so surrounded by nothing but that. Yep. Uh, every one of my clients was, was doing a competition and it was hard not to get pulled into it a little bit. Yeah. That makes sense. And so a part of me was like, I want to see if I can do this. Uh-huh. Like if this is possible, part of me was like, I had also ballooned up to 230 pounds. Oh, wow. And I was working, it was when I was working in marketing and I just sat at a desk all day long and I did not realize what had happened in my body because I left college at 165. Wow. And when I saw a photo of myself, like my first day of work at my marketing job, like someone found like my, my staff photo and I was like, oh my God, like... I'm wearing this like baggy shirt with a tie and, you know, I, I look like the biggest dork and I'm like, but I'm so like rail thin. I'm right. like, I don't look like that anymore. And like, I've, cause I found a photo of me at some networking mix. Cause every night was a networking mix. Yeah. Every night was something you had to go to some yep. association meeting with beers and cocktails and all that. And, and probably unhealthy food. I was like, and I'm sitting around all day long, not taking care of myself. So I was like, well, you know, let's, let's give this a whirl. Let's get, let's get fully immersed into what my industry is. And I, I, in order to do it, I posted on Facebook that I was doing it because I needed accountability because it's so that. easy to, to <laughs> say to yourself, yeah. you're going to do something. Yeah. Put right? yourself on the hook publicly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's my, it's my best productivity hack. So I hired a trainer uh-huh. was not the right trainer. And, uh, I did get on stage, but it was it was not an easy process for me. Like it got to a point where, like in the weeks leading up to the show, I would black out when I stood up. Oh my god! It was just it was so brutal. And I was just when I when I look at photos of myself on stage, I don't see myself as healthy. I dropped from two thirty to one seventy. I I stepped on stage at one seventy, and I just remember just being like one like immobile. I couldn't move that well. Two unfocused. Like. I remember my parents came out to the competition. My father looked at me and I was just sitting there, just kind of like, just sitting, conserving energy, right. <laughs> just staring like the hundred yard stare. And my father's like, why are you doing this? And I just looked up and I'm like, I, I don't know. Yep. I have no idea. At this point, I, I, I can't even think of an answer right now. <laughs> 
And I was just, just like was, no glucose to the brain. Yeah, I was just so sick. And when I look at my photos, I'm like, oh, I don't think I look good at all. But I just that tan wasn't that sexy skinny. for you. Skinny. Oh, the tan was good. I, I, the tan, the tan, the tan was very sexy. His wife but. is in the corner. She's nodding her head. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, getting a tan takes five pounds off. I was like, yeah. how do we get ready for a photo shoot? Oh get a tan. Oh my gosh. So yeah, never. Yeah, I don't think I could ever do that again. I don't think I'd ever want to put myself through that again. But you just, at least had the experience, though. Which yeah, is like and, it's and valuable. I, to and I have the story from. It yeah. and you know it was it, it was an experience it was what it was but yeah I, that was brutal I love it and so you know you've d- you've done the show photography uh fitposium mastermind what is next on the horizon business wise okay so I want to go back within my own community and by that I mean creative entrepreneurs when I think about how I got into the creative field. Like I, I've been writing since I was a kid. Writing was kind of my first vein of passion. Photography, like I said, it was kind of forced upon me and I avoided it for so many years. And I think about that professor I had in college who was the, the publisher of that newspaper I worked for who required that I be a photographer, who pushed me to be a photographer, who made me a photographer, who made me a photo editor. I remember the first assignment I shot for that newspaper. Uh, I had to go out to this small dinky town and and it was this editorial photo and it ended up being on the front page of the paper. And I remember uh, after every issue, when you work for a publication, you do what's called a postmortem, which is staff. Staff editors gather around, you kind of tear through the issue, what worked, what didn't, so you don't make mistakes for the next one, ideally. And I remember he held up the, the issue and he said, front page photo, excellent photo, James, excellent photo. And I, I was brimming with pride. I'm like, killed it. First <laughs> time out. Look at me. Uh-huh. Rock star. I'm, I got this. I'm a photographer now. I got this. Uh, sent out uh, my next issue, sent out on assignment again, uh, take another photo, ended up on page three or five, uh, lower lower right corner. So it was, it was not a big photo in the publication and it, it, it was not a great photo and in the postmortem, same thing happened he held up the photo he said page five photo terrible photo james terrible <laughs> like he cut me in half in front of the staff and that was like one of those like light bulb moments it's like oh my god i gotta earn this yeah like he's not that that praise was earned this cut down that was also earned Mm. and everything that happens from this point out is based on what I do and that's when I started to really take that seriously Mm -hmm. and that was that was at that point shortly thereafter I was made the photo editor um but when I look at his impact within my life he was the one I shortly after that newspaper I got a job as as a photo editor for a startup magazine he was the one that submitted my resume when uh, I came into, uh, I was teaching his classes for him, actually. I became his TA, and uh, which got me into public speaking. And uh, one day he came up and said, I need your resume. I said, why? Which, it's dummy me, you don't ask this individual why. He just said, give me your resume. Just I do said, it. Okay. Yeah. So I give him my resume, and next thing I know, I have an interview for a job in marketing for a company I've never heard for, and I'm immediately hired. And so that, that became the job I worked at for the next seven years. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so there, here's an individual who had such an impact to get me into photography, to get me into marketing, to get me into public speaking, all three things that I use so dramatically within my own life right yep. now. Yep. I want to help and be a resource for other creatives who are looking for that step. So I created a new podcast to help creative professionals, mm. to help them navigate 
this landscape and the new fabric of of the creative industry right now to get more work, to get better clients, to grow their brand. The same thing I've done for fitness entrepreneurs for 10 years, I now want to do for creative professionals. And so Fitposium is the podcast. Well, Fitposium is a podcast for fitness professionals. Okay, so I what's actually this do new an, another podcast. Okay. It's called Beyond the Image, the Beyond okay. the Image podcast. Awesome. And on that podcast, I interview photo editors. Of, like I interviewed the photo editor of ESPN, the magazine, the photo director of the WWE. Amazing. Um, I had the, uh, the editor of Fitness Magazine. So still tying fitness yeah. into it, but sure. from, from a creative perspective, yep. what do you look for from the artists? What do you look mentor. for from creatives? Absolutely. Yeah, how can they approach you? Like, I mean, even those yes. kind of things, right? Yes. How do you beyond the, the image. image? It's such a good name. It is. It it came from an inner mantra we had, which is, I do not take photos, and and I've told myself that for years. I do not take photos. I make images that work, Ooh. and in order to make images that work. We have to go beyond the image, we, mm. and, and we'd say we'd have to develop beyond the image. Mm-hmm. We have oh, to cool. be the be the team that that has the videographer on standby, the makeup artist. We already got that. We got the stylist. We got the studio. We got. We, you, you need us to write an article too. We'll write an article. Like we will do whatever it takes to go beyond the image mm. and give you what you need. So when when it came time to trying to find the name for the podcast, I was like, oh well, that that just that's right there. So good. I just have to use that. Yeah, yeah so what we've been telling ourselves for years. So we have. This is the Best Life Podcast. So we have one question we always ask all our guests. Um, and I wanted, just because your wife's sitting back there, I know you've got married this last year. You've had a lot oh of big goodness. changes, so Huge many exciting changes. things. Um, but what does living your best life look like? So I have this, this idea. And, and if, you, if you don't agree, you can tell me, but wait till the recording's over. <laughs> hey, this isn't about me agreeing or not. This is your idea. <laughs> I, I, I honestly believe that we choose a best life. How many times have you, you set a goal for yourself? Let's just say, let's say early in your career, you're like, I want to make six figures. You make six figures and you're like, I feel the exact same. Mm-hmm. I don't feel any different. Or I want a pro card, right? Mm-hmm. And you get that pro card. You're like, I feel the exact I want to be on a magazine cover and you feel the exact same. I went through that again and again and again in my life. Now, I'm not saying it's not good to set goals. Sure. Or I'm not saying it's not good to pursue goals. I am voracious about the pursuit of goals. But I choose success. Mm-hmm. I choose happiness and I choose a good life, right? And it's a choice. I mean, and that's I truly believe that. Like there are days we that do not work for us. We have bad days. <laughs> and one of the things that, that I'm so appreciative about my wife is we will have open and honest dialogue about getting back to that awareness of, yeah. all right, I'm not being my best self right yeah. now. I'm not in the right mindset right now. I'm not approaching this with the right energy right now. And we can keep each other accountable for that. Yeah. But I think having a good life, that's a choice regardless of what circumstances are, you can choose, you know what, today's a good day. Like, and you'll have like some weird stuff happen, but you can find something that, you know what, I got this and I'm going to be grateful for this, or I'm, I'm going to have like an appreciation for this. So I think it's not based on conditions. I think it's based on a choice. Is that the de- new definition of the best life podcast? I mean, basically that so is. So yeah, I don't know if you know, but that's actually why we named it the best life. Yeah. We do believe that you can choose even in the worst situations that you get to choose gratitude. I know. We did not prep him before this. No. So. Wow. Jill and I were kind of like looking. No, Jill and I were kind of looking at each other right when he said, <laughs> so like, yeah, we we're at like each other because like, our very first it. episode, we literally just said that pretty much. It was like at the at the demise of our marriages, but we had the same conversation. We're like, it's very powerful. We get, Love it. You get to choose it. Yeah. So. I love that. Yeah, we just had a little side eye glance, like, 
Yep. Yep. So we definitely agree. We don't have to wait till the. We don't have to wait to the end of the episode. I'm glad I don't get embarrassed. No, I mean, there's no actually wrong answer. Everybody has such different answers, but that literally is why we decided because we think you can really just choose and. All your examples were so good. Yeah. So we loved having you on here. How do our listeners find you? Connect with you. Connect with you. Absolutely. Do not send them an email and ask how to, how to get grow in the fitness yeah. industry. <laughs> Don't. You're gonna get, you, you'll get the response that I will send. And if it helps, great. <laughs> but, but you already know what I'm going to send. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you did so, write a book. You, there's books. There's blogs. So what are all the things to oh find you on? Okay. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give the, the poignant one. So my website's jamespatrick.com. From jamespatrick.com, you can find my contact information. You could find a link to my uh, podcast, the Beyond the Image podcast. Uh, I am on Instagram at jpatrickphoto. And then we have our Fitposium conference. It's Fit. Fitposium, yep. at Fitposium on Instagram, and the Fitposium podcast on iTunes. And we love that conference. So if you guys are thinking about, you know, kind of wanting to extend your knowledge in this area, we cannot recommend it enough. So and it's in you, October. Where can we get t- tickets right now? May 1st. Okay. May 1st. And the conference will be October 3rd through 6th in Phoenix, Arizona. Amazing. Fitposium 5. Woo! So I, I have a question for you too. Yeah. So you've been, you've been running this podcast, and I've kind of watched this podcast, like, catch fire fire over the last few months and you've you've gotten some amazing guests you've you've been diving into some truly vulnerable topics and i'm curious where do you want to take this show because it's been exciting to see it thus far and i'm just curious if you're willing to share where where you see this going well funny enough when we started it we didn't even know where it was going to begin with i think we were just kind of like let's see what happens mm-hmm. and on a different platform different medium yep. yeah And so over the last year, like I think actually maybe it was in the fall, we kind of started going, you know, let's put more energy into this because it's actually, it is gaining momentum. We love doing it. Um, New eyes, new listeners, new people. Because I think pivoting again, you know, we're like, okay, things on social media are feeling stale for for us and we're trying to do different things. But I don't know. I think podcasting is where the opportunity is right now. Um, Just like masterminding, you know, has kind of been an opportunity the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long that's going to last. I feel like with podcasting, it's in its infancy. I feel like there's a lot of influencers who are starting podcasts. I feel like the listenership of podcasts is tiny compared to what it's going to be. It's the new radio. It's the new, you know, it's like what people are going to be listening to even more so than they are now. So I feel like that's the opportunity switch. At least that's kind of why I'm excited about it Mm -hmm. in terms of how we want to maybe monetize it or how we want to grow it. I think our number one goal is we want to do this both of us want to do this pretty much exclusively like in a few years we want this mm-hmm. to be like our main thing and have like some sort of media company associated with yes. it where we're selling products and services and we have we're actually getting ready to launch our very first digital product amazing this week so we're excited it's called the happiness diet yeah um and so yeah we're pumped about that and really we just want to get the message out that these kind of conversations can be normalized and a lot of them we're having being had behind closed doors and we want to take the stigma away from a lot of these really kind of hairy juicy topics that mm-hmm. people are pulling us aside or sending us DMs about but no one's really talking about openly and kind of pull back the curtain on some of that stuff so that's our message that's our why that's our purpose that's our why we keep showing up even before it's getting monetized so yep I heard yeah, this beautiful analogy that having a podcast today was like starting a cable channel back in the 80s like 
now is the time yeah. to be in this market. And and I have to like, I have to give a vote of thanks to both of you because you two are doing something so critically important, which is sharing a message to an entire community of people that have been waiting to hear it. And like, I, I love when I see that from like an entrepreneur or someone who's doing something. And I like how you said, like, we didn't know yeah. how to do this, where this was going. We just, we just had something to share and we yep. shared it. And what's so beautiful about that is all the people who tune into your show, listen to it, like, I've been waiting for this and I'm so excited you're putting it out. So I think you guys are doing such an important, amazing thing. Thank so my hat you. is off to both well, of thank you. Thank you We're so, so grateful for you and just the opportunities that you've been able to provide for us over the last couple of years and oh, just yeah. getting to know you and being oh, in your circle. You so and much. it's an honor. Thank you both. Yes. Thank you. All right, you guys, we will see you next time, but let us know what you think about the episode and make sure you guys connect with James online and uh, send him some DMs and harass him. About how awesome Please he is. Do. I can't wait. <laughs> or come shoot with him in Arizona. And yeah, we'll see you. Uh, see you in the private Facebook group. Go to thebestlifepodcast.com and we can talk about James behind his back. <laughs>